Sustainability. It's more, of course, than mere economic sustainability. But it's also more than ecological sustainability alone, which, thankfully, has become the focus of so many initiatives lately. To take a more holistic look at the idea of sustainability, you need to include two additional dimensions, human and social sustainability. So if you want to run a truly sustainable hospitality business, you need to A, look after your guests with excellent service for sustained economic success, B, minimize your environmental impact for ecological sustainability, and three and four, look after the well-being of your staff and the local communities you interact with for social and human sustainability. My name is Lydia Vanderbroek and I wanted to find out what the best practices are around great service, people development and ecological sustainability in the field of hospitality and tourism. So I talk to real people in real businesses to hear about real solutions to real challenges and I'm happy to share their learnings with you. So if you want to become more sustainable, I invite you to listen in to our conversations and pick out some of the gold nuggets that you can hopefully then use in your own operation. And as a side note, every one of my guests has offered to make themselves available for a more in-depth conversation. So by all means, do reach out, connect, and together, let's make hospitality and tourism more sustainable. first guest is Christoph Burkbacher. Christoph has many years in the hotel industry under his belt, has traveled the world and has ultimately set up shop in beautiful Morocco, where he has uh, founded and is managing Consulting Elementaire. At Consulting Elementaire, they are strengthening uh, the service culture by providing training plans and are linking environmental issues to economic challenges by offering value-added solutions for accommodation and catering establishments. For more information, please contact consulting-elementaire.com. So here we go, our first interview. Hello, Christoph. Okay, Christoph, so nice to have you on this interview here today. So nice. we're all set yeah. here. We're all good. Yeah, everything After fine. After some initial technology, technology hiccups, but this is, I guess, the way it has to be sometimes. Yes. So, of course, we had our pre-call chat, and uh, you and I have had more conversations than I've had with others so far. Okay. But it's still, the more I talk to you, the more I really want to find out about you, because... I don't know all that much about you. So let's get this conversation started. Um, why don't you introduce yourself by, by the way of telling us what your current project is? So where do we, what is your, 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 the frame of reference that we, we can put you in right now? So first of all, I'm in What's Morocco. Your current project? You hear me? Yeah. So first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yes, in... yes, yes, I'm good. I'm, I'm in Morocco. Um, I'm working as a consultant for sustainable tourism. That means I work in one way with different kind of hotels. Uh, can be a Riyadh, can be a guest house, can be a luxury hotels. There are really different kinds of clients I have. 
And then I work with international organizations in terms of um, tourism development. Um, that's the two areas I'm working in. And I'm part of a family company in Germany with my brother and my father. And we are working in participation. That means how can we, how can we better get involved people in, 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 in tourism development? That means staff in hotel, but also local people. Um, so this is the, the waste area where I, where I work in. Okay. Okay. So I've looked at your CV and it's very interesting. And of course, before we go into your experiences and how you've applying them or how you have been applying them in your different projects, um, give us a short overview of the highlights of your, of your, uh, uh, of your Vita so far. Um, are you from a hotelier's family or what may, whatever made you go into the hotel business in the first place? Um, no, not at all. My, my parents, um, my father was working then in politics and uh, worked also with, with tourism, but that was not really the reason. The, um, my parents always tell me that I, since my childhood, I was kind of fascinated by hotels. When we went uh, to, uh, on holidays, I wanted to go into the kitchen or look behind the reception. I was talking with the staff members. So, and I think there's one special thing I really like about hotels is that so many different kind of departments and uh, work together. And that's not really with a daily routine because we are dealing with people. So we cannot do every, every day the same things. Uh, people are different, different problems, different expectations. And all this Different services have to deal with that, and and we have to deliver then a great result. So that's that's really something I, I love about hotels to to see these different people working together. I I really like that. Yes. And then and then regarding my CD. I so think with that, you decided to go into. Yeah. Sorry. And, think... and with with that experience as a as a kid, you went into the hotel business. There was not really a question about it. Um, it. It was for me, you know, when you when you ask me or when people ask me when I was, I don't know, 15, 16, it was hotel. It was always hotel and, and nothing else. Then after my first experience in, in the hotel industry, I wanted to, to do something else. And I went to university. I, I did a German-French uh, bachelor degree. So more intercultural studies, really nothing to do with tourism. And, and it was like, you know, I, I needed something, something else. Um, but then already during my studies, I was sure that I would be back to, to the to hotels or to tourism really, really quickly. So, yeah, I was sure about that. And then I think about my CV. Um, yeah. the, the, I guess there are two kinds of people, right? Those that leave. Sorry? Um, no, Lydia, I think there's a short delay. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There is. So go ahead. 
Okay, I think the and then the next thing about my CD is that um, I traveled a lot. I, I worked really, and um, I went to Chile when I was 15. I lived with a host family there, and then I worked in in Costa Rica. I worked in France. I worked in in Algeria. Now in Morocco, also in Tunisia. So yeah. I have this experience in different kinds of the, in, in different parts of the world to to work and to work with different people. So yeah, I think this is a major part of my CV. Okay, so what I was saying earlier is when you start early in the hospitality industry, there's just two kind of people: either you stay forever or you come back always, or you leave it never to come back. Right? Yes. <laughs> Depending a lot on your experience. Yes. Right. And I know a lot yeah. of people who left the industry, um, uh, definitely. But uh, I think that to learn in the, in the hotel industry helped them a lot, you know, because uh, you, you learn how yeah. to work with people and with different kinds of people. And I think I don't know anybody who really regrets to, to, ha to, to make a training in the, in the hotel industry. And you had great training in the hospitality, right? You started out in one of uh, Germany's finest hotels, the Brenners Park Hotel, right? Right. Exactly. So um, let's dip into that because that's sort of the alma mater, right? And where you learn that really defines you a lot, at least in my experience, uh, uh, when it relates to your future experiences, right? So what is it that you take away from Brenner's Park Hotel as great service? Um, great service was for them, uh, in one word, to be perfect. Um, to be perfect from the reservation to the checkout. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about perfection. It's about knowing, knowing everything about the guests, knowing his wishes before he asks for it. Uh, so that's what, what was we really learned. You can make mistakes. You can make mistakes, but then you have to find the right solution really quickly. And um, yeah, I think it's about that. A, a, a short example: I had the opportunity to work as a concierge uh, during my during my training, and we were supposed to know the the guest name with the right room number without looking at the system. So by with more than 100 rooms, that was not the most easiest thing to do every day. But, you know, these are things like that. The guest um, should have the impression that you really know him um, and you don't need a PC to know him. You, you know him because it's him. You know, that's, I think, the kind of mindset they had there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That can be challenging, I could imagine. I'm sure there have been some challenges in in, <laughs> in getting the names right. Now, did you take something away where you'd say, well, if I ever have my own hotel um, or if I'm ever in charge, well, this is not going to happen in my hotel for sure. Um, what, what do you mean? So I, I, I had experience that I, want, that I don't want to make in, in my own hotel. That's the question. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. I think that in in this kind of luxury hotels, there are too many kind of standards, you know, where you have to 
be more like a machine. Um, it's maybe not the right word because it's, it's, it's human at the end, but you know, to work with the standards, to ask every time the same questions in the same way with this, with the same order to ask them. So, um, I think to set a minimum of standards is okay. You, you want to assure something, you know, um, but to work with this whole list, this is not the way I think that hospitality should really work and what people are really expecting, you know. Um, I, I worked at reservation and we had kind of 55 standards, if I, I will remember correctly, uh, that we had that we had to ask and, and some guests just wanted to know a price for a certain certain date and we had to ask all these things. So, yeah, uh, I would never do something like, like this. A part of it, yes, um, but not the whole story. Yeah, I think there's, well, maybe it's just me, but I think there's also some, some sort of a paradigm shift. I think all these standards and I think you and I and, and our generation here in Europe and in America, we grew up with the standard operating practices, right, or procedures and uh, uh, incorporate everything, how to, how to talk to people. And I, I fondly remember Ritz Carlton's It's a Pleasure instead of Yes, uh, uh, that, uh, that we used to kind of chuckle at every now and then. Um, I think that would you agree if I say that there is a trend towards away from these procedures already and going more and and kind of relying more on people's common sense? I think so. Is I that think something so you can because, put under right? Yeah, I think so because I think with the standards you you take away the personality of people and um mm. For example, at the, uh, I worked at the Bristol in Paris and we were over 16 people at reservation. Um, and, and all are, all are different and all of them had their special, you know, personality. And I think that's what you want to reflect. You, um, you, uh, somebody nowadays who calls still to make, to, who makes a call for a reservation. Uh, wants to talk to a human being, but if not, he can just go to the internet and, and, and type in his dates and make a reservation. But when he takes the phone, that means that he wants to talk and he, he doesn't want to talk to a machine. He wants to talk to a human being. So yeah, I think that this is going in the right direction, but still, there are still, but that's not only the fault, the fault of the hotels. They are sometimes member of look at leading hotels of the world or something like this okay and then they have to deal with this with this uh, with this with the standards so um this is not only a problem about the hotels but of, of something else too but yeah i give back the, the personality to people um tell them what they have to do what they have to ask what you want to receive what kind of inf information you want to receive And then it's the responsibi responsibility of the, of the staff member to, to act uh, in, in this way, but not by following 55 standards during a, a phone call. I think so. Yeah, I like, I like how you're pointing out that it's taking away the human touch, which is probably ultimately what, what we are going for nowadays, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's more than ever. It's the... It's the being human, being recognized as being a human, uh, and uh, not have somebody answer you with uh, with a standard parole, right? 
which of course, if we're going to go into training and development, it's a lot more difficult from my own experience to train, if you will, common sense yeah. uh, than it is to train, you know, standard operating procedures. So Absolutely. that's taking it all to a next level, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But, but it's more a challenge, right? More a challenge. Yeah, more challenge. But, you know, when you then look at the daily work, um, it's really frustrating for, for people to work with these standards every day. It's, it's really frustr uh, frustrating. Um, that's not what they want to do. And maybe the training is a bit mm -hmm. more challenging, but I'm sure that the result will be better. And it's just the way of change the training, um, change the training, put them more in practical experience. I work a lot with, how do you uh, say that in English, uh, role, role plays, you know, when, one person is the receptionist and one person is the staff member. member And you just experience with them different situations. And uh, there are other staff members sitting around making observations. Then you talk about the situations. And that puts them really in, in, in the situation they, can, they, can, they have to deal then in, in, their, in their real work. So I think that's much better than to, you know, work on this standard and then this standard and then this standard. So that's the way I try to, to do my, to do my staff formation. Can be difficult at the beginning. You know, they, they have to, for, sometimes it's easier to do something with a guest than with a colleague. But this is kind of an atmosphere you have to create and, and put them, you know, it's, it's not that difficult when, when you, when you, when you have done, when when you have like the the experience to do that with them, then it's not that that difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you did take that away from your from your own training time, from your own uh, um, uh, vocational training at the Brenners Park Hotel. I assume you worked there. You did a, a three year vocational training or two years? Three years. Three years. In the Brenners, at the Brenners Park, years. it's only three okay. years. They don't take anybody, anybody for two years. Okay. So and are you incorporating any of the training methodology or uh, uh, your training experiences during your vocational training? Are you using it when you are training staff today? In terms of um, really... Technic hotel technical aspects, maybe some of it, yes. As I said before, I think to set, to establish kind of a minimum of standards is not wrong. Yeah. To say to a receptionist, okay, during a check-in, I want to receive that and that information. And I want that you give to the guest that and that information. That's not something wrong, but then leave him alone doing it. Okay, uh, so so that's really something I took from from my training. That standards in in a certain kind of way can work, uh, but as I said before, not too much of it. So I think that's really the main thing, and then everything else is really then really adapted to the needs of the clients. What what they need. Sometimes it's more from my own experience, and sometimes it's only a, a, a very few things. Mm -hmm. So you define the what, but you leave the how up to the people. 
in a certain way, yes. In a certain way, for sure, something like kindness and politeness and some things like, like this, you have to be sure that they, they do it. But you're not like uh, telling them each exact question to ask. You know, it's, it's, it's depend, it depends also on the guest. Is, is a guest in a hurry? Uh, is a guest like, uh, just give me my key and leave me alone? Or is the guest asking a lot of things? Uh, you know, I, 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 I need to, to give my, my staff members this flexibility to, to, to be able to re, to react to the guest needs. I cannot impose the guests my standards. That's the point I, I never understood. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. I can't impose the standards on my guests. Okay. Okay, so those were your origins. Now, you talk very often and very passionately about Costa Rica and your experience in Costa Rica. Now, I went to Costa Rica for the first time, I think, 25 plus years ago. When were you there? It was in 2008. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a little after me. So... <laughs> so What was your what was your impression on sustainable hospitality? What are some of the experiences you made there that that left such an impression on you? I mean, first of all, um, I think I was at a point where um, the uh, how, how can I say it? a happy guest was not making me happy anymore. You know, the, the just the guest satisfaction was not something I was kind of yeah proud of or happy with so i needed something something more and i also realized that we had to deal in europe especially in luxury hotels a lot with wastefulness you know the uh, consumption of energy uh, waste the uh, the waste of food also and uh, a very close friend of mine is is the ceo of cayuga Co collection in costa rica And they are managing, um, at the time there were five hotels. Now I think there are seven or eight in Costa Rica and also in, in Nicaragua. Um, and so they are all running them or managing them in a sustainable way. Different hotels, so different ways of doing things. So they're not everything what they do in one hotel is applied to another hotel. When it's possible, for sure they do. But uh, if not, not. Um, But for them, sustainability is about the environment, but also about people, because they know that um, to protect the environment without people will never work. We need people for it. Um, and it's to look for everything they do to look for a sustainable alternative. That's what they really do. Everything what, what, uh, for supply, for the staff members, for food, for housekeeping, for air conditioning, everything, they are looking for a less harmful solution. That's what they do since a lot of years. Uh, all luxury hotels that already in, in 2008, they showed that luxury and sustainability is possible. And, you know, The room rates are adapted to luxury hotels, so guests had expectations not only in terms of sustainability but also in terms of quality of service. Uh, so sustainability 
was no excuse. It was never about, sorry, we cannot do something because we are sustainable. Uh, yeah, it was the guest satisfaction, but uh, by being sustainability. And this was for me really an eye-opener. It was the, the one of my greatest work experience I, I ever made, for sure, yeah. Wow. So we need to get on, we need to get somebody from them, from that collection into our interview series here, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a talk with, with the CEO uh, a few days ago. The situation for them is also very, very difficult, um, as everywhere. And, um, I don't think that right now is the good time to ask him, but maybe when, you know, things are going a bit better and back to normal, maybe. Then yes, he, he he would be a great person to have, but his experience is huge in, in in this in this area. For sure, for sure, for sure. So, what are some of the sustainability highlights that these hotels are featuring? Can you give us some examples? You know, maybe the the highlight is that there are no highlights because it's the detail that matters. It's not that they are great, I don't know, in saving water or saving waste. They are just good at everything. And for me, that really was the highlight. It's, you know, we are we are in, in Europe or also in Africa. Some hotels are talking about sustainability, but then all, always in a, in a really specific area. We are not wasting food. Okay, but what's about the rest? But Cayuga is, is really about everything. It's about their staff members, about the family of the staff members. Um, it's about, you know, um, um, to live. I worked for two months in a, in a hotel in the middle of the jungle, really in the middle of the jungle. The only thing we saw was trees, uh, were trees. So, um, but in, in some people think that it's really easy to be sustainable when you're in a jungle, but it's the most difficult thing to be sustainable by being in a jungle. Uh, you, 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 you can imagine. So um, it was for me, it was really the thing to work. They work all together. And when I say all together, it's really all the staff members are working together to always find a better solution. That's for me really the highlight. I cannot say anything else than, than that. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So uh, it's just a sum, and the, the whole is more than a sum of its parts, but it all comes together with doing many things consistently in a sustainable way. Step Am I understanding it correctly? Step by step. That yeah. doesn't mean that you have to do everything. And then you left is... the jungle. You left the jungle? Okay. Yeah, I, I left I left the jungle, um, and I honestly, I was happy to leave the jungle because um, for me it was – it was too much at, at, at a point. I, I was kind of, can, I don't know, sick of the jungle. Can you say that? I don't know. But it really was, I, I felt like oppressed. It was, it was so, yeah. So I was quite happy to, to leave the jungle. And I had then two months at the beach hotel. Uh, was quite nice, but also really challenging. Um, because we, are, we, we had to work on the... Um, on the footprint, the ecological footprint of the hotel. And we were measuring everything. Um, 
the employees, the, how much kilometers they have to, to take to, to go to work and back and all the things to take in consideration because we wanted to have the, the, the whole picture, not only a part of it, but really the whole picture. Uh, the guests uh, f- for their flights and all these things. So yeah, was uh, was challenging, but uh, really helped me a lot. And and I think for for my work nowadays, what I learned with Cayuga is to look at every part of the hotel, not stop at one area, look at everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you ended up in Morocco somehow. Uh, and uh, so today you are involved in a number of projects, um, consulting others. What are some of the, can you give us some of the examples of the project that you've had, that you've implemented? Yeah. So in Morocco, especially, we worked a lot um, with international organizations in rural tourism. Uh, the goal was not only to enhance the performance in terms of sustainability, but also in terms of quality of service. Because um, I think I could convince them to, to, to understand that only sustainability will not, will not really help them. Um, guests have some expectations. And The goal was not to make kind of five-star service uh, of it. And it was also not about really technical things, but much more about how to talk to a guest, uh, to a guest, um, how to deal with a problem, with a complaint. Um, you know, it was much more about that. Um, honestly, nobody really cares if somebody brings the food from the right side or the left side. You know, that's, that's not the point. Um, but to ask some questions, to give some information. So it, it really was about, about that. And I think, I hope, and we also already saw some re- results that we helped them with, 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 with this approach. Um, another project, for example, I was involved was in, in Tunisia was to, um, enhance the quality of the hotel training and also to implement sustainable aspects into, into the hotel training. So this was done with Thomas Cook at the time and uh, Futuris in, in Germany. So this was a, a three years project, really a, a long-term project. And uh, so, yeah, these are my experience in, in terms of really sustainable tourism development, um, much more than working directly with, uh, with hotels or, or, or businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you know that we are holding these conversations primarily for people who are running some sort of hospitality tourism operation, right? Who might be interested in, you know, taking out a thought or two to enhance uh, their own sustainability, whether it be primarily through the excellence of their service or the excellence in their sustainability, ecological or uh, uh, the people development issue, which is all related, all connected, as you as you pointed out as well. So what are some What are some best practices uh, from your experience that you can offer? Um, if you say, okay, I have a small operation here. Uh, I want to get started or I want to get better in the sense of, 
of becoming more sustainable in either of these ways? How do I start? Or what are some of the low-hanging fruit maybe that you could suggest I start with? Uh, so first of all, um, in terms of ecological sustainability, uh, look, um, just start with the things you can change before spending money, before investing in technical innovation. Um, look, first of all, at the things you can change, uh, the things that will reduce um, your consumption of, of energy, of water, or, or things like this. And sometimes um, you may help external uh, people from that because you have your kind of your vision from, from your business. Sometimes it's not always like this, but this can be helpful to, to take uh, one person and say, have a look. Uh, give me kind of uh, of uh, um, of evaluation uh, how I can how I can work better, more efficient. So this can help if you cannot do it by yourself. But mainly housekeeping, uh, cleaning, kitchen, uh, spa. These are the departments where you have to to have a deep look. Um, and, and these are really when you go to the kitchen, it's about your storage. It's about the way you. You clean your fruits, um, you prepare your foods, uh, you, you clean up then your, uh, the, the kitchen. So, so all these things, normally, normally there can be made a, a lot of changes. And then, and then look at innovations for sure. When you say, okay, I can make an investment which will save money then, then for sure, if, if you have the possibility, then do it. And look at uh, financial programs. I mean, Almost every country has nowadays some sort of help for this kind of investment. So uh, look look at these things. Um, regarding people development, I think in the hotel industry, we should stop um, assuming things. We should really start to ask, you know, um, ask my staff member or ask your staff members, ask the local population. There are nowadays so much possibilities technically uh, how you can do that so um, really try to to involve them and not think that you know what is good for them um, or, or, or not so this would be the, the first things I would tell somebody uh, who wants to start with uh, with, with sustainability in, in the first thing before spending money before spending money look at the things uh, with the, uh, which you can just change Okay. Uh, can I go a little deeper here? What is what? Uh, what are some of the things that are maybe uh, right in front of our eyes and we don't see them? Maybe you okay. said in the in the kitchen, for example, storage. So, what are some of the? Can do you have any 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 examples at your fingertips? Most, most some of the obvious example, ones that you might even not be thinking about. Yeah. Most common example would be it in in the housekeeping. Um, I think the quantity of water and uh, cleaning products you need to clean one room. Uh, most of hotels don't know really the exact quantity. Um, and then the way, the way or the system you have to clean up your room can save you a lot of time, a lot of water and a lot of the, of the product. So if you have installed at once, you will may, you will see that at the end of the week, at the end of the month, and then at the end of the year, you have made a lot of, of savings. And 
normally you have also uh, you know, make kind of amelioration for your for your staff. So this is the kind of actions I'm 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 talking about. So um, kitchen, for example, uh, cleaning fruits, cleaning vegetables. There's a lot of uh, of, of water using, which is in in in, in some examples re really useless. So you have to explain it once. You have to change it once. You have to make the standard to put a standard and and then ask your staff members to 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 apply it so this would be for example the most common examples you you can you can give but you can also go a, a step further reception okay the reception the kind of information i give to my guest how he can uh Uh, act during his day is so important. Look at the uh, uh, air condition, for example, here in Morocco. When we established in some hotels a system where where the guest tells the the uh, calls the reception when he comes back from the city. So the receptionist goes to the room and and puts on the, the air condition. That that makes a, a huge saving because the air condition is not uh, running the whole day. You know. So these are the things. Costs the hotel nothing to change it, but saves a lot of money at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these are, you know, yeah, they're very um, common sense, but common sense is not necessarily common practice, right? So it's good to have some of these examples at your fingertips if you want to do and actually make a difference, right? I mean, that's my job. That's my job. That's what that's what I'm doing. That's that's when I go to a hotel, I, I I have to see this kind of solutions kind of quickly. You know, I I don't have a lot of times normal a lot of time normally in a hotel, so um, I have to see that. I have to recognize. Okay, what can we do? What can we what would can we change? What are the short term solutions? And then I have also. Uh, I, I need to also to make uh, some long-term solutions. So yeah, that's that's kind of uh, of my job. And I think that everybody has some ideas what he can do. But normally there is there's a lot uh, a lot more. And uh, so we have to bring this together to to give these tips and to give uh, like um, everybody a kind of of huge actions. Or, or, or changes he, he can make, then then this is something we can maybe do together. Okay, so and you would be somebody I could hire to give me a checkup on my hotel. Yeah, a checkup for for example, a checkup. But you, I'm I'm better in helping you after the checkup. You you received your checkup because the checkups are are. are, are Sometimes some Excel sheets with some energy things and, and all this stuff. And when I see that, okay, then I can help you and I can say, okay, we start with that. That would be the, the easiest things for you, for you to change. And then we can go a step further. Uh, that's normally the, the, the things I do. But, you know, Lydia, I think um, at, at the end, this is something I, Is, is a result of our conversation also that we should much more see sustainability as um, opportunity than as a problem or than as, a, as something like this. It's really an opportunity to also in, in an economic way to be better. 
when I save money, when I have more money at the end of the month, that's better for me, that's better for my hotel, that's better for my family, maybe for my staff members, whatever. But this is how I see uh, sustainable development. It doesn't help when you do sustainability just for the sustainability, it will not work. The economic result has to be there. And, and that's my job, yes. Mm-hmm. so what in your experience what is the smartest so you said do the things that come at no cost that are the obvious ones the low-hanging fruit first and i'm sure everybody enjoys that and, and appreciates that and what is can you say that there's this is the smartest investment if you have some some if you have generated a little money a little extra cash flow to invest in, in, in some technology to, uh, to uh, save money through sustainability? Is there the one thing that is like the, um, all the 80-20? Is like with this, this is a really smart investment if you have a little money extra. All depends where you are. Um, it's a kitchen aid for the hotel. <laughs> for example, but it might, all depends where you are, but, but normally investing in solar energy is, is really useful. Um, that that can help. Don't forget there are a lot of little things. Um, for example, things you install just uh, to to reduce the the water flow and, and and things like that without being any changes for the guest. Um, just to check if you have any 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 loss, any lacks or anything or things like this. So. This also are the, 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 the small things. Again, I, I come back to things which cost no money. But, you know, uh, really, before investing money, I look at all these little things and then start investing a little money, as you said, in, in smaller things. And if you want then, or if you already have the money, do it at the same time. I don't say don't do invest, but I say if you, if you need to start small, Yeah, if you if you don't have this financial power or something like this, uh, if you need to start small, then start with these things. If you have the possibility, then for sure invest in the same time also in technical things. Obviously, but uh, yeah, for smaller businesses, I would start with with these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I know Morocco has been hit just as we all have been hit by by COVID nineteen and the restrictions following that. Is there anything you, good you can take out of that time that we've had for the past year? Anything that we can a gem we can take out of this to take us forward? Um, in 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 terms of tourism, I'm I'm not really sure. Um, at the beginning of COVID, COVID there was a lot of Yeah, this is the time for sustainability and everything will be sustainable. I was never that sure about uh, that thing. Um, I'm, I'm still not. Um, maybe. I, I don't think directly after COVID it will be sustainability. I don't think so. Maybe a few months or a few years later, uh, sustainability will come back stronger as it was before that, yes. In terms of jams, I think that um, we we should realize that uh, tourism is really, you know, um, 
how do you say that relied to to different risks uh, there's a, a, a covid but we have like political crisis we have terrorism we have the in, in, environmental catastrophe so and maybe we should get a bit more resi uh, resilient to that I, i know it's difficult we cannot be prepared for everything but uh to have kind of a plan b in 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 your head is is maybe a, a good thing for the future so what i need to do in the case of a shutdown what are the first actions i i need to take what do i need to do in terms of reopen my business i i think that we will still see a lot of problems with that when when smaller businesses will start to reopen because They left just behind the hotel for, for, for a long time. So yeah, have a plan B in, in, uh, prepared. This is maybe something we, we can learn out of this crisis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Become a resilient. Yeah. So that these hits don't hit so hard in the future. Mm -hmm. In some way. Yeah. So on a more optimistic note, looking forward into the future. What is your vision going going into 2021 and beyond? Where do you see sustainable hospitality going to? Um, honestly, Lydia, I, Lydia I, I, I don't I don't know. And there are for me too much people uh, nowadays pretending like tourism will be like this or will be like that or will change in this way. Um, my really personal feeling, but that's just my personal feeling, is that in the first place, nothing will really change. I think that we will come back to as it was just before COVID. But um, I think that we, or the tourism, will have to handle a generation that's called nowadays Friday for Future. And if hotels want to host Uh, this generation in the future, then they have to change a lot um, because this generation has much more information, much more knowledge about sustainability. You cannot just give them kind of a label and say, hey, look, we are sustainability, that, that we are sustainable, That's, that, that will not work. So uh, to be prepared for this generation, and don't forget These young people, they are, I don't know, 80, 90, 20, 25. So we are talking about a really close future. And um, because they don't need hotels. They don't need really hotels. They can do their holidays in, in, in really different ways. And um, if hotels want to stay attractive for them, then they need to change. And as I said, they don't need to be perfect in terms, in terms of sustainability, but they need to develop every day more sustainable. Then I think they can meet these expectations of, of, of this generation. I like that as a final sentence. That's good. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that, that, has a, that carries a lot, of, a lot of wisdom that we need to prepare Post-COVID is going to be the same time as Friday for Future Generation coming into uh, into coming of age in the way of uh, starting to travel and using hotels as well, right? That's going to be going hand in hand. And uh, why we don't know what COVID is going to bring, but we know that the 
Fridays for Future Generation is going to have certain expectations that we better be fulfilling or we'll be, we'll be left out, right? Right. And not only in, in terms of, of ecological sustainability, but also uh, when it's uh, related to people. They will not stop at just ecological questions. Um, how you treat your staff members, uh, how you deal with the local population, these are really things that will get more and more important. And um, I don't think that this generation is kind of extreme in terms of sustainability. They don't want to, they, they know that you cannot be perfect from one day of the other. But I think that they want to, to, to feel an honest engagement of the hotels towards sustainability. And if they can bring this feeling to the guests, then, then this generation will accept it, even if not everything is perfect. Um, but they will not just expect, yeah, I have local food. Okay, you have local food and, any, and anything else, no, nothing. So this will not be enough. But when you, can, when you show that you work in every part of your business towards more sustainability, then I think uh, you, you will be attractive for, 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 this, for this generation. Fantastic, Christoph. Thank you so much. Thank you. That has been a very good conversation. Yeah, for me too. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Um, and uh, let's work together on uh, on getting more people on that journey to become more sustainable, not just for the sake of sustainability, but for the sake of of uh, of travel and uh, the pleasures that travel bring and uh, 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 the future of travel. Right. 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 And this is one last thing I want to say. Maybe is that sometimes people ask me, how can you work in sustainability and, and promoting like tourism? Um, and I do it because I think that traveling uh, is, is something really, really important. We, we need to travel. We need to meet other cultures. It's just the way in, in how we do it. Um, and I even if we have to take a flight sometimes, but it's not, uh, you know, um, meeting people, meeting different cultures is, is something we, we, we need to do also in the, in the future. So, Uh, let's do it, but do it in the right way. And then I think, uh, yeah, as as you as you said, if we can do that together, together with other people, I will be very happy. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lydia. So this was our first interview. Cool stuff. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Christoph Burgbacher. Uh, go ahead, uh, get in touch with him at uh, consulting-elementaire.com. If you enjoyed our conversation, join us again for the next one. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay awesome, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Their mission is to strengthen service culture by providing training plans and to link environmental issues to economic challenges by offering value-added solutions 
for accommodation and catering establishments. So here we go, Christoph, hi. At Consulting Elementaire. Um, 